Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Life, love, and liberty. It's Monica Matthews. You don't know your Good day to you. I was about to say good morning, but some of you listening will listen to this on your drive home this evening. I want to thank all of you for extending your condolences and heartfelt messages to me over the loss of a very dear friend of mine uh, just yesterday. Um, I'm going to reserve any other announcement or any other comments for um, once the family has had, you know, time to gather their thoughts and and decide what the um, arrangements will be, I, I will share that with you all. And I and I'd love to discuss more about him. Complete and total patriot. No, no one, no greater patriot that I'm aware of. A dear friend of mine, uh, the third person I've lost in recent years to the air. It's what happens when you are a pilot at heart. I'm still a pilot in training. But when you deal with people who, you know, we we get a thrill out of defying gravity, chance, and fate. I'm included. I told my daughter, if you get a call when I'm like 85 from the, uh, the now they're like, whoever, the local authorities, hey, your mom just flew into the side of a mountain. Just don't be sad. Just know that I went really having a good time. And doing what I love to do. I love to fly. But death always leaves a wake behind it. And just communicating with my friends, now widow Lydia's left behind, the greatest thing that I could impart to her was just to accept the fact that this is going to be an ocean. Grief is an ocean. And you know how it is when you're out in the Gulf of Mexico. Some days you're just on your back. You're floating. You don't even need a floating device. You're just, you know, you're just buoyant. And you're just on your back and riding the waves and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, there's like this giant tidal wave that comes out of nowhere when you least expect it that just threatens to take you under and suffocate you. Many of you know what I'm talking about. You've dealt with grief yourself. I've heard from you, actually. People who have lost their kids. I mean, that, oh, I can't. I just, I can't go there. I lost my spouse. Yesterday would have been our 24th wedding anniversary. He died 21 years ago, April 27th. But of ALS, it was something I knew was coming, even though you're not ever prepared for death. Those of you who have terminally ill loved ones right now, you think you're ready because you want to see the suffering end, but you're never ready. You're never ready. Death is still, and there is a sting. There's a sting. There has to be a sting or you're not human. I know what Paul said. Where is death? Where is your sting? True, because we know we will see 
our friends and our loved ones again in eternity. And I certainly hope to see my late friend. Uh, but there's there's a sting to death. There just is. There has to be. And you feel like you can't breathe and you're going to die and you're just going to suffocate under the weight of grief. It's one thing to know someone's going to pass. It's another thing to say goodbye. And they go to work. And they don't come home. That is something I cannot relate to. It's not the same death as knowing, as watching someone suffer through an illness. It's instant. It's like, what the hell just happened? You've literally just been run over by a freight train. And you feel like there's been a home invasion in your life because there has been a home invasion in your life. You've literally been robbed. And for those of you who, you know, like, well, God is in control. I'm just going to admit to you that even as a minister, I've struggled with that precept. I just have, just being honest. I'm honest with you guys. If nothing else, I'm honest. I've struggled with that. Is he really? I don't know. I mean, there are many scriptures that point to God knows my rising. He knows my lying down. He's got me coming and going. He knows every hair on my head. He knows when I rise up. You know, he, he knows the beginning from the end. I get it. You know, but in times like these, it's like, wow, the only consolation there is sometimes is just to look to that person's faith. And one thing I can do with this particular friend is know with certainty that his faith was something that he led with before every jump out of an airplane, out of a perfectly good airplane. Those were jokes that we would tell each other. He called me a coward. I wasn't really a pilot because I refused to jump out of an airplane with him. I'm like, well, why would I do that? Why w- I'll fly the plane, you jump. <laughs> and I've watched him jump three times in one day from the same helicopter that I was in. But he said the same prayer before he jumped. Ugh. So you know where someone's faith is going to take them into eternity. And that is something that you can rest in amidst all of the anger and the confusion and the what the hell just happened to my life. And those are feelings that we go through. I don't care how Christian you are. Those are just normal human things that we go through. Grief sucks. Grief sucks. It is a tidal wave. And it's also a calm, peaceful day. And it rests in the belly of a person. I always try to really drive home, please get with grief counselors sooner than later. You know, just get in with people who know how to help you heal. Because the common person doesn't. You know how it is. Right after a death, it's like everyone descends to, you know, it's to, to form a clot so you don't bleed out. That's what, that's what we do. We, we coalesce and, and we, we swarm around you to love on you and to let you know that we're here for you. But there's a day when everyone goes home. And you have to be prepared for that. And so I just encourage people to get in with others who are grieving. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live in perpetual grief. Trust me, grief, grief will take up residence in you as long as you will allow it to stay there. I also lead with this with grief. David prayed for days and nights and fasted and prayed and wept 
that his child would live. And as soon as that child died, he got up, washed his face, and kept moving. There's a danger to grieving too long. There's a danger to your health, your physical health, your mental health. And some people just shove it down because you got kids, you got stuff to do. I know, been there, done that. That's not healthy either. Trust me. So get with ministers, professional counselors, people who can, especially over something traumatic that happens through death. Watching someone suffer is a whole other death process. It's a whole other grieving process. But someone who's young and vibrant, you didn't see it coming. Or maybe you didn't want to believe it could one day get here. And then it knocks on your door. It doesn't knock on your door. It kicks it in. Literally kicks your front door in. So take care of your heart. Take care of your mind. Take care of yourself. Okay. I will address more of this and give you more announcements. I know I've, I've gotten a lot of emails from people and organizations that we were both a part of. I will have more of the story Another day, I just feel like today's not the day for that. I, ju- I just want to respect the family and um, and just impart words of comfort and wisdom and love and understanding. Um, and, and we can get to, you know how we are. We're, we're the, what happened? What are the details? You know, well, it's none of our business at the moment. It was a tragic accident. How about that? So you can lift up the Stevens family in your prayers and sincerely lift up your prayers. I look forward to being able to tell you a lot more about my late great friend Christian Owen Stevens on another day uh, soon. Okay, so the Boy Scouts of America are taking a victory lap today. You might be thinking, well, they just filed for bankruptcy. So how would that be considered a victory lap? Well, think about it. When you file for bankruptcy, your creditors can't exactly come after you for what's for the debts that are owed. The scouts say they intend to use the Chapter 11 process to create a victim's compensation trust. Their president saying, quote, the BSA cares deeply about all victims of abuse and sincerely apologizes to anyone who was harmed during their time in scouting. Now, they also say scouting programs will continue for their nearly 2.2 million members. The scouts say they intend to use the Chapter 11 process to create a victim's compensation trust. Their president saying, quote, the BSA cares deeply about all victims of abuse and sincerely apologizes to anyone who was harmed during their time in scouting. A victim. Thank you for the apology. That's that's at least a start in the right direction. I'd love for some of our state Senate representatives to um, to to formally offer a, a public apology to victims in the state of Georgia who have been waiting for civil remedy for the past few legislative sessions in the way of a Hidden Predator Act, also known as the Child's uh, Child Victims Act, which is something I'm actively working on right now and would hope that it would pass through the state legislature this session, although now you know the Boy Scouts of America, you know, this this victim's trust how much do you think is going to be left in that? Some of you are like, I've had people say to me, well, money can't really restore someone's life. I've I've often said that with regard to reparations where slavery is concerned, that people are like, you know, there's this big payout. And, you know, white people are like, I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm sure there are plenty of Boy Scouts, uh, people who work for the Boy Scouts today going, well, I wasn't a part of that. I didn't cover anything up. Or, you know, the argument regarding churches, uh, regarding this whole issue of molestation and sodomizing our kids 
and, sec- and sexualizing them through various entities, you'll have the churches that come forward and say, well, we didn't have any part of that. That was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Why should we have to pay for the sins of our, of our forefathers? Well, your entity covered it up. So the entity should be held responsible. I'm not sure who you think is covering slavery up. To me, you're, they're apples and bananas. They're you know they're pickles and 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 uh, tomatoes. I mean, it's just it it doesn't. They don't. They're not synonymous. You can't make the same argument. And so, in one instance, it's like and and let me ask you something. When have you? I'm not going to go there. It'll get me in trouble. I'm actually going to exercise discernment this morning and restraint, uh, which is very difficult for me to do because this is a very personal subject for me. I sat before our Senate judiciary and cried many tears. Snotted looked horrible. Don't ever look at the video. The video is awful. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even get through it. But I was like, you know what? Screw you. Because I knew I was sitting before people who were literally upholding, who were whose foot was at the door so that we couldn't get through to pursue justice on behalf of actual victims of the Boy Scouts of America. I'm not one of those victims. I happen to be, I happen to have my own past where this stuff is concerned, but it did not involve an entity. But there are victims who just cannot get their voice together to come forward. If you only knew how much shame and absolute destruction comes with destroying the innocence of a child, you would never defend these bastards again. I've seen you all on Facebook, some of you. I captured a photo and put it on my Boy Scouts of America post of today. I've seen some of you say, these are just a bunch of greedy people going after money. They just want money to take this fabulous, historic entity of Heroic measures and bravery and courageousness, you know, teaching our boys how to build fires out in the woods while being fondled by their group leaders. What's the big deal? It's just sodomy. They're just greedy people coming after the Boy Scouts because they want to tarnish the Boy Scouts. Well, no, the Boy Scouts have done one hell of a job tarnishing themselves. This bankruptcy, as a friend of mine just put it today brilliantly, the bank this bankruptcy basically says, yep, we did it. There's too many cases for you not to know they did it. <laughs> there just are too many cases. But for you to idolize an actual institution over the sovereignty and the safety and the health and the innocence of children is pathetic. It is disgusting. There is zero, zero excuse for that. Zero. You are equally as complicit as the Boy Scouts. And for those of you who don't understand what goes into the heart and the mind of a victim of this, I would encourage you the next time there's any type of a a, a hearing down at the state capitol where victims of sexual assault, sexual abuse, especially in childhood, come forward. And maybe they didn't come forward until they're in the late 30s, 40s. Sometimes it's so latent because it's so down in there because it was so freaking egregious that if you were to ever face it, you would literally slit your own throat. I want you to go sit and listen to victims. It wasn't until I sat and listened to victims who have dealt with this. I mean, fathers raping them, priests raping them, mothers raping them. I mean, step, you just go, what the hell? And as a minister, I've heard it. And I've seen it all. Trust me. 
people sleeping with their cats, their dogs. I mean, it's listen, there's a reason all those things are listed in the Old Testament. Because God knew just how sick we could be. But he also calls for justice on this side of eternity. For someone to file for bankruptcy to basically say, well, we're going to give you this little bit of, we're going to create a trust because that should just make all of you feel better. And we don't know how many, you know, how many pennies on the dollar is someone going to get for that and in a public apology. Well, hell, at least they're not denying it anymore. And they can't. You know why? Because people were actually, who does this, by the way? Who creates a file folder whenever little Johnny comes in with his mom and dad? And the mom and dad are like, you know, he just hasn't been the same. And he said that that scout leader so-and-so, you know, Bob, touched him. And then there are five other little boys that come in, too. And so they create a file called Bob. Bob has a problem with boys, right? And then they talk to everybody, and they deal with it. This is what the church likes to do. Well, we're, gonna, we're not supposed to sue each other, so we're just going to, even though it's criminal as hell, we're just going to keep it within the confines of the church because we don't want to bring a stain upon the body of Christ. Guess what? You're already naked. Do you know what the Bible says about people who molest children, who cause them to stumble? It's better that you would have a millstone tied around your neck and cast out into the outermost part of the sea. And do you know why? Because you literally rob. Jason Spencer said this, and I don't care what you think about the former representative Jason Spencer. He fought long and hard for this legislation. And got his ass kicked over in the state of Georgia in a big time. Ended up being taken down by all kinds of nefarious measures. And sure, yeah, he made an awful mistake and we get it and it looked ridiculous. Move on. But I'm I have the inside track to that. That became a national spectacle for my state and for my state's legislature and for him. It altered his life's trajectory forever, including his family. It wasn't enough that he was fighting on behalf of victims in the state of Georgia. And he was, and he fought hard. And he fought valiantly, and he fought against a system of people and entities and principalities and wickedness in high places and structures that ultimately took him down, not only as a politician, but as a person. Thankfully, he's finally resurfacing and recovering from that and reclaiming his life. But he said it perfectly. You literally rob the soul of a child through sexual exploitation, and you do. And can I tell you, there were actual legislators who mocked him and scoffed at that. Robbing the soul of a child. So over the top. But that's exactly what you do. A child, whenever they are robbed of their innocence, literally, for the rest of their lives, it is an uphill battle to be okay. And do you know why it's important to have civil, civil, civil remedy? Particularly in the case of Georgia, I know 40 plus other states already have civil remedy, but for some reason, the state of Georgia is like, oh, well, why don't we just skip the retro part and just do it moving forward? Well, that kind of leaves all the victims out that were brought in during Governor Deal's Hidden Predator Act, you know, time period of saying, hey, by the way, I'm one of those victims. And might I take this opportunity to remind you all that it wasn't hundreds of victims. This is kind of like what the left does with uh, religious liberty. The right in this instance said, oh, my, and the Christians, the Republicans in this instance said, you're going to have thousands of cases. The reason why the bank, by, why Boy Scouts of America is filing for bank, because it is thousands of cases nationwide. It, not just one state. It is a completely disingenuous, just falsehood to listen to anyone say 
this is going to take the Catholic Church down. I'm sorry. Do you realize the Vatican is a, has a bank? Do you realize it has its own economic system? When do you think the Catholic Church is actually going to go under because of sexual abuse? Tens of thousands of sexual abuse allegations, by the way. Not just a few thousand. Tens of thousands. Sick stuff. But that's what you'll hear is that they're going to shut our churches down. We can't allow for this to happen. It wasn't my, my own colleague who has two children, who has such a voice for righteousness and piety and sanctimonious chatter, stood against this bill a few years ago. I'm like, what if that was your kid? What if that was your kid who, whenever he was 50, came to you and said, Dad, this happened to me whenever I was a kid. What would you tell him? Well, listen, we don't want to take the whole institution down. I'm really sorry that happened to you. But you know what? You get. Let's just move on. Let's just move on. Is that what you would say? I don't think so. I don't know where our scales have gone in this world. I don't think we live by scales of justice anymore. I think justice really is dead. She's standing in the middle of the street with with her blindfold ripped off, butt naked, scaleless. We we don't. By which measure are we measuring? I'm actually glad. I hope the Boy Scouts of America sinks to the bottom of the ocean, never to return again. There will be other entities, and there are still entities out there. Keep, I said it in my podcast just the other day, keep your hands off our kids. Reparation in this instance helps because if you understood the life of addiction, broken relationships with oneself, with others, their marriages fall apart, their kids, prostitution, self-trafficking, all forms of issues that people have as adults that guess what, taxpayer? Either the entity responsible is going to pay for it or you are. Think about the cost to your employers. People don't show up for work. People are addicted to opiates. People go through divorces. People are depressed. People are broke all the time. People, they gamble their lives away. All of those habits are part of the outcome and the repercussion of someone who has been sexually violated as a child. It is empirically stated. You cannot deny it. And sadly, most people, again, do not come forward with this. And some people just can't remember. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, conjuring things that happened to you as a kid, because there are people who actually practice that. Well, are you sure your uncle didn't touch you? And before you know it, people are like, well, now that I think about it, he was always a little weird. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe that Boy Scout leader. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who have legitimate memories of being sodomized. as a child, who deserve justice, who deserve a little help to get up the hill, the constant uphill battle called their lives. I'm not talking about forgiveness. Put your Jesus stuff down for a second. I'm not talking about healing your heart and forgiving your perpetrators. I'm talking about the practical application of walking your life out on a daily basis as a victim of someone else's demonic lust as a child. 
That takes practical workout in everyday life for the rest of your life. And it's not just the church's effort that should be taken in consideration to bring healing. Because guess what? The church has been a perpetrator in all of this, too. Big time. From the Catholics to the Baptists. Listen, you Baptists don't get out. Sorry. We have, we have state administrators in, in Valdosta University busted just last week by the GBI for all kinds of trafficking. Where you just go, university administrators, you have police departments filled with pedophiles. So again, I ask you, where is justice? Speaking of justice, I want to go back to this airline lady for a second. What? This story just never goes away. I didn't realize that she was, <laughs> again, let me back up. Wendy Williams, passenger on American Airlines flight, blah, blah, sitting the row before the last row that backs up against the lavatories, which every person, including a six-month-old, knows that those seats do not recline into the lavatory. They just don't. Never will. It's just not the configuration of the aircraft on any aircraft. Nor do the seats recline in the emergency exit so that people can actually get out, right? Okay, we have, we've all had two days' worth of discussions about should we or shouldn't we, shan't we, you know, put our seats back. Is it rude? Can I tell you guys something? This is going to blow your mind. My daughter came home last night flying. She put up a poll on her social media platforms to ask people in her generation, Gen Zer, she's a 23-year-old, ask them, recline or no recline? Every one of them said recline. Can I tell you that our generation, well, your generation is different than mine, but my my generation's like, we just think it's rude. And I'm like, hmm. And see, some of you would hear, yeah, of course Gen Zers want to be able to recline their seats. They want to get all up in your space. No, that wasn't their attitude. Their attitude was, you have a right to recline. You bought the ticket. Now, you can be kind and and take and be perceptive about who's around you, how tall are they, how long are their legs. You know, that's fine. Live by the golden rule. That's great. But all in all, their attitude is slightly different from people my age who say who who believe, you know, they're just kind of guilted over the whole uh, being comfortable in this guy's thing. But so what were you reading this morning, Mr. P? You said that the flight attendant came by and gave the passenger who was filming the guy punching the crap out of the back of her seat. A what? Passenger disturbance notice. <laughs> okay, it's on like getting a yellow part? card in soccer. Okay, to the woman who's being physically harassed on the aircraft at 37,000 feet or more, and what was the threat? Basically warned her of federal consequences. And? And they, they would, would t- remove her from the aircraft. Right. I was like... Okay, is that with a parachute or not? I mean, what are we doing here? What are we talking about? I'm sorry. You're going to remove her? What, are you going to divert the whole flight because the guy behind her is physically assaulting her seat? Again, I ask you, where is justice? Where is she? Where is she? She's standing in the streets, butt naked and blind. It's the viral video dividing the internet. And now the woman at the center of that turbulent moment is calling for the male passenger sitting behind her to come forward. The unidentified man seated in the last row repeatedly hit the back of her seat after she reclined it, as she described to Fox News. He started full on punching the back of my seat really hard. 
that I was flying forward. Wendy Williams, who is now considering legal action, says she tried to get the cabin crew's attention, but to no avail. As That's she when should. she says she began filming him on her phone, hoping he would stop. She should absolutely seek remedy over that. I, I would find him. I would I would actually file suit against the airline and him. That is their that is their property. They are in control of that. that pilot. The captain of that aircraft is responsible for every soul on board and everything that happens on that aircraft. You essentially sign your life away every time you buy a ticket. You just don't realize it. Your rights are gone. Right. So had they come to her and said, hey, ma'am, listen, you know, move your seat forward. Whatever their instructions are on the flight should be adhered to clearly within reason. No one instructed this buffoon behind her to stop punching her seat, which I'll, I'll be honest with you, how scary is that? I'm flying by, my, what if she's flying, I don't know who she was flying with, but if I, I can tell you now, it wouldn't be scary for me because I'd have turned, it, it would have ended so badly. You guys would have seen me on like NBC Nightly News, seriously. You would have, because I'm not going to sit in my seat afraid. And if the flight attendant didn't do anything to help me, um, it absolutely, I would have been like air marshaled <laughs> to the ground to get this dude off my chair. Like, no, you're not going to intimidate me like that. And if you're not going to defend me in, in, in decent order of how the protocol should be taking place on an aircraft, you know, at 37,000 feet in the air or more, doing 400 miles per hour through the sky, that's a problem. I'll handle it myself, and it's not going to turn out the way you want it to for any of us. She should absolutely sue him and the airline for not taking care of this situation. So whether or not her seat is reclined, should be, shan't be, couldn't be, she could have been nicer, lived by the Jesus golden rule, whatever, she's rude, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He was wrong for intimidating her. There is never a reason to physically or verbally intimidate someone. Now, speaking of intimidation in the scales of justice, many of you have asked where I stand on my Twitter account. I'm asking you to help me with something. I want you to be thoughtful, not just because it's me, but because I represent many conservatives, conservatives, a demographic that is not protected whenever it comes to your First Amendment rights, a demographic that is targeted daily, targeted as in discriminated against. I need you to put on your thinking caps. I want you to think about attorneys in your life, people who practice um, class action suits, people who are constitutionally sound, who can help me put together a narrative that I am trying to shape to take to uh, Congress to address this issue, to Congress members, to address this issue of being discriminated against online. I understand these are private entities. Do not tell me that again. I get it. I know that. I also understand that most of you thought that Roe v. Wade would always be in place, but as it stands, the state of Georgia is the first state in the union to declare and to to determine um, personhood. And the way we did that was by connecting basically taxation, which in my humble opinion is unconstitutional, to a fetus, a.k.a. in my words, a baby. So now that you have taxation attacks attached to a fetus you now have a human being that is protected constitutionally so it may not it may be kind of at a stalemate right now in the state of georgia but don't get all excited about that pink hat wearers because it's going to see the light of day in the supreme court i firmly believe that we're going to have to argue this once and for all and i do believe you could see roe v roe v wade overturned in my lifetime 
I never thought I'd see it. I was one of those naysayers. But with regard to this particular application, I just feel like we're missing something. There, there's something so obvious that we're, we're looking directly past it with regard to being censored and completely shut down on social media platforms. And I'm not talking about those of you who post pictures of your cats and your grandbabies and the puppies and the Jesus memes and we're all either going to heaven or hell. I'm talking about people who are monetizing on these platforms. People who have gotten into business agreements with these platforms as conservatives who are deliberately targeted. The person who shut me down was arrogant enough to get on cat turds. Sorry, but that's his haha name on Twitter. The president retweets him. Don Jr. follows him like he's just he's that guy. And he's very straightforward with his opinions on things. Just wrote a book on AOC and her ridiculousness. And it's a great book. You should buy it today. Go to his website, catturd.com, I think. But follow him on Twitter. Um, He's, you know, all American patriot. Had him on my show. First first person to ever bring him out into the world for his voice to be heard when now we all know he's a man. And he's a great man. He's a patriot. He's a veteran. He's a solid human being. He just happens to have a wicked, snarky sense of humor. He's not, you know, calling and citing violence against anyone. He's calling it exactly how he sees it, right? Well, the guy who reported my account, and there's a screenshot of him I have, has like 40 followers. You know, could likely be some goofy bot from Russia. Who knows? But, but says, I don't, I'm not even sure why they, all I did was just report her account. But I'm just glad they took her off the air. I was targeted. He did not know what they would get me on, but he just wanted to put my name before them. So someone subsequently goes through my Twitter feed and determines that something I said in response to uh, a woman said, well, not all Muslims agree with Linda Sassour. And I said, well, thank God you're absolutely right about that. They don't because she is off the hint, just crazy not right whenever it comes to Zionism, Jews, all of that. She's just fringe and filled with hate. So I said, you're right about that, but it's the same spirit in the spiritual context. It's the same spirit as black supremacists who believe that Whitey must die. That was my exact tweet. Somehow I have now been branded forever to be kicked off the platform of Twitter forever. My account is indefinitely suspended because I specifically because I'm a person of hate and discrimination. That is now called defaming my character, my name, my image, my likeness, my media outlet. I'm a media personality. This should scare you, America. I'm a media personality. I'm not posting pictures as a as a regular citizen of my cat, my dog, and my opinions of everyone. I'm not bloviating just for the hell of it because I'm a pissed off American. I'm a media personality. This should concern you. So I want you to put on your thinking caps and think of that you're going to be my think tank. I said on Twitter not long ago, I thought about forming a think tank. Well, I trust your mind. I trust your ingenuity. I trust your resources. We're all, I'm literally two degrees away from anyone, including the president. You are too. You just don't know it. So get creative. Think about this in terms of your First Amendment rights are under assault. Not just mine. I'm not the only conservative who's gone through this. But I want to know what you think, given case law, given history, given the Constitution, given where we are right now, given, you know, given the fact that blacks were discriminated against and couldn't sit at a local diner counter. 
gave a public accommodations to that. What's the answer to being discriminated against for being a conservative? It's not because I'm a Trump supporter, although we know it is where Twitter's concerned. It's because I'm a conservative. I am targeted. I am harassed. And ultimately, I have been canceled from a platform that I considered a storefront. What do you do with that? You can email me at monica at monicamatthews.com. In the meantime, you can uh, follow me on Facebook at Monty Matthews, M-O-N-I-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. You can also sign up for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com. Love, love, love getting your emails. I look forward to your assistance in this matter. If you have anyone that I can chat with, I'd love to do that as well. I'm working my, working my network in D.C., but I really want to hear from you, the American patriot who gives a rat's behind about your First Amendment right. All right? Be good to your neighbor, beginning with yourself. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.